Hello, my name is, is Richard Kern. I'm the security officer with our Intel uh, data center group. And I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. The title probably got your interest around confidential computing. Is it a new buzzword or just hype? I've just got three experts in a room that I want you to listen to. I think they're experts in the industry and uh, they've got some really cool products. And I just want to get into, into this particular room here. And uh, just, hi guys. How are you doing? Hi. Listen, good to meet you all. Uh, I know you very well, but maybe the the listener doesn't. So before we get into the subject matter around confidential computing, can can you uh, let the listener know who you know who you are, what company you work for? I think that'd be interesting before we before we start on this particular topic that is catching everybody's imagination right now. Of course. I'm Christian Younger, CEO and co-founder of Madonna, a German cybersecurity and data privacy company. I'm Raphael Lefranc, co-founder of Cosmian, based in, based in Europe and focused on data security and privacy. Yeah, I'm Patrick Conti. I'm the head of business development for Fortanix, a cybersecurity company based in Silicon Valley. Great, great. Well, I think all of us have been probably working and, and working together on various different initiatives and projects over the last while. But really, I suppose, confidential computing seems to be coming into the, you know, the tech press. We've seen it being required by a lot of customers and, uh, and, and various different entities at a worldwide level, but it, it's becoming more than a buzzword, as, as you probably all agree. And I suppose for the listener, it's supposed to be good to help uh, everyone understand what, what it's all about. And I mean, from, from our perspective, and I'll, I'll go, and then I'd, I'd love your viewpoints on it. Over the last two or three years, we've seen a, an interest in, in more of a granular level of security when it comes to data protection. As we saw the transformation happening with the multitude of, of various different devices, we all know whether it's millions or billions of devices being connected, this is allowed for a massive generation of, of data to be collected. And as a result, with the maturity of cloud, and uh, we, we saw that um, cloud economics prevail because with all this data being generated and, and customers needing to derive information from that data, not only do they have to use various different types of cloud, both their own as well as various different multiple clouds, the challenge arose with uh, trying to manipulate that particular data to, to derive information, but also how do you secure it? Because the landscape became ultimately more, more complex, and as that level of complexity increased, so did business risk. So as we all know, the foundation of, of, of security is all based around business risk. And how do you know what level of risk that you're, you're working with in a dynamic environment like that? We know that the threats that are there in the industry prevail and people need to get used to the fact that the types of threats that are available in the market, it's very, it's very challenging for any CISO or any CXOs to maintain and sustain a level of capability that, that allows you to be fully protected, if any. But really along came the need to, to secure data. So then uh, the, we, we saw that uh, more industry partners started questioning about the value associated. How can we protect data? How can we invest in AI? How can we invest in, in, in different types of cloud-based solutions that uh, will meet their particular industry requirements, whether you're in healthcare or whether you're in finance or various different industry segments in FSI. And, and as a result, um, you know, there was a, a need to ensure that security now was going to be a a fundamental part of business transformation moving ahead. So I suppose really it was up to the industry to collaborate using various different technologies. And then we looked at defense in depth and with defense in depth, one really brought the hardware into play. So I know from your particular companies, you've all saw this opportunity, but also saw the need to help customers 
protect data and, and to allow them to take advantage of cloud uh, in, in all its forms and, and also to take advantage of some hardware technologies. So I suppose I'll, I'll start with Pat. I mean, Pat, you're a VP within Fortanix. T- tell me, you know, how did, how did Fortanix come about and how did Fortanix uh, identify with the opportunity and, and, and get into this space? Yeah, thanks, Richard. And uh, in, in full clarity, you and I have known each other for uh, uh, more than four years, and we've had a lot of discussions about risk and data security. This, uh, this podcast will follow along with some of the things we've been discussing for a long time. You know, Fortanix is a, a cybersecurity company based in Silicon Valley and has been around since 2016. The founders of the company are well-known crypto experts. Our CEO is a former uh, CTO of Cryptographic Research, uh, which is a company that basically designs side channel attacks and, and then uh, gives companies a way to mitigate them or to uh, remediate them. And so these guys, when they got together, a couple of very bright entrepreneurs, they weren't looking at confidential computing as a thing yet. And, and they were looking at protecting data. Same thing you were talking about before, uh, business risk. Business risk really in the, in the form of how you protect your, your critical assets of the company. And so Fortanix was really founded to unlock the power of the data, of your most valuable data, by securing it throughout its entire life cycle. And that means in storage, at rest, in motion, and in use. And in use is really the, uh, has been the missing piece in, in data security for uh, really for, for the entire history of the security era. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about the data, we're really talking about encryption. And so in being able to encrypt that last mile, the, the data in use, uh, became the reason why the company got founded was to be able to provide data protection across these, this entire life cycle. Interesting. And, and is that the same for, for Cosmin, uh, Raphael? Is the company founded on the same principles or? Yeah, the, the company was founded in 2018 and, and the focus has been really to, to help our enterprise customers uh, solve the, the data paradox. We, and the data, data paradox, we see it as, a, as, as on one, one angle, uh, being able to provide more value, more use out of data. And on the other angle, the need to have more more data protection, more data security, because there are more and more risk out there. So the, the company was really founded around that. that uh, I mean, solving this data paradox for our enterprise customers, and uh, we evolved from that uh, to, uh, to actually uh, create uh, software products, software solutions uh, that can uh, help our customers do uh, zero trust data storage, zero trust data sharing, zero trust compute sharing. I'll go, I'll go more in details later on that, but really helping our customers product their data, but still being able to leverage the, the power and the value of the data they have. And Christian, you're, you're the CEO and uh, the founders of, of uh, Madonna. Is that very much the same as Fortanix and, and Cosmin? It's kind of a bit different. So Madonna is a pivot yeah. from our former startup uh, called DigiClose Technologies, founded in 2016, mm-hmm. next to the leading tech university at WTH Aachen, Germany. And we developed a digitalization solution for retailers and point of sale uh, systems around RFID trackers and clothing. So lots of data that potentially could be collected. But we had a concrete problem and therefore also the pivot. How to overcome the issue of data privacy and the possible hacking attacks of variable RFID chips in our clothing um, while sharing the clothing data. So what we did, we invited professionals and experts um, back in 16 from different disciplines to find solutions and certain requirements to meet our company values. And the goal was to find a solution which must be rewarding for the data producers to share the data. But at the same time, it has to maintain like the data sovereignty of the data subject. 
quite similar to GDPR today, but enforced with technology rather than with law. And that was the moment when the concept behind Madonna was born. The solution we invented was simply to let the data subject um, land the relevant data and construct the insights we want to see in secured environments. The resulted insights free from personal and backtraceable information gets out and the sensitive data set gets pro uh, provably destroyed. And soon we figured out that this solution would benefit not only the retail sector, but nearly every data-driven business out there. And therefore, we pivoted to Madonna during the summer of 2017. And today in 2020, we have a patented solution in Germany. We filed the international PCD patent and uh, we made three products out of it. First, Madonna Core, uh, Madonna Enterprise, and the Madonna Platform. But our hard component currently is definitely uh, Madonna Core as a software tool based of two components, Madonna Nodes and the analysis processing entity called Madonna Ape. So with Madonna Core, we can manage and scale cloud-based trusted execution environments as Intel SGX components, for example, and um, we enable secure data processing within secured enclaves. Okay, that's interesting. And it's interesting that what, what we're seeing today is, you know, we've got a German company, we've got a French company, we've got a, an American company that's expanding worldwide with Fortanix. But um, it seems to me then it's, it's a global problem. It's not just a local one, that you've all seen the opportunity locally, but you can see it being, as, as, as Christian just said, is, is, is not just in retail. It's across every, every facet of every industry. So from a basic concept, I mean, we're looking like the, the challenges with, with protecting data. I mean, uh, um, Pat, you mentioned about data in, in, in use. I mean, the, the, the three components, do you, do you think we solved, uh, you know, the first two, which is around um, at rest and, and in, in transit? And, and, and why is it that in, in, in use now is an area that needs to be addressed? And, and why couldn't we address it before? You know, uh, definitely it's the area that needs to be addressed. And I also definitely believe that that the first two legs, if you will, the, the data at rest and the data in motion uh, problems have been solved. But uh, the bad guys uh, have evolved the same way that the industry has evolved. And so all the new exploits for trying to steal your data uh, had to do with grabbing it when it was in use. Uh, things like, you know, man in the middle attacks, getting between the, the TLS tunnel uh, of data in motion. And the, and the destination, right? Things like that. Things like scraping the memory of a, of a server with data in use to try to get the secrets out of it. Or even things like stealing the box or stealing the root password, you know, doing, uh, you know, x-raying the chip and things like that. I mean, all of these things were, were ways that, you know, that uh, all of a sudden exploits were starting to steal that data while it was in use. And so it was clear for Tanix that we had to, we had to secure that. And the way that, right. that we chose to do it was to base our technology and our platform on Intel SGX, which creates right. that uh, secure enclave in memory and allows you to put applications and data in there unmodified. So we built a commercial platform on top of that, which we call runtime encryption. And uh, runtime encryption is, uh, is an operating system environment uh, to wrap those apps and data. And it's also a um, uh, control plane for managing you know, a cluster of enclaves and it's also a, a development kit, what we call a, a, a Enclave Development Platform, or EDP, uh, which is a very secure development platform based on Rust uh, that uh, customers can actually write applications specifically uh, for, you know, for Enclaves. That's how we sought to solve the problem. And uh, when we looked at it, we said, okay, so how do we operationalize this? And the most important thing that we saw was that you needed to be able to build enterprise applications on top of this platform 
And after talking to a lot of our enterprise customers and, and partners, uh, we built the first application, uh, the first practical application for, uh, for SGX for, you know, for runtime encryption. And that is, in fact, uh, what we call our self-defending key management service. Uh, and it's self-defending because even though it's a born-in-the-cloud software solution, you can drop it on top of any server in any environment, cloud, on-premise, uh, you know, uh, some hybrid environment. As long as it's running Intel SGX, you can drop our software on top of it, our self-defending KMS. And um, uh, the reason it's self-defending is it uses the enclave, the SGX enclave, to manage all the key material, uh, secrets, and, and uh, you know, uh, things like um, uh, tokenization. All of those things are, are, uh, are generated and managed out of the enclave, which makes it the most secure key management solution on the, on the market today. And I think, as um, I suppose, really for the listener, they probably need to, to, I'm sure they may have heard of SGX, it's Intel Software Guard extensions. It's built-in hardware functionality that's available in certain products. And basically what it, what it is, is it has the, the smallest potential attack surface, and uh, it builds out uh, an, an enclave. And, and based on the fact that with, um, with the software development kit, an SDK, companies can actually use some of these instructions to decide what they want to do. But... As far as uh, Fortanix or uh, Cosmina Madonna, you actually help make that a lot easier to, to implement by taking advantage of that. So with that, you can actually decide, I think you said there about keys, and also whether it's an application or PII, be able to put that into the enclave and, and help protect. And I suppose really that comes down to the, the challenges we're talking about is, is uh, for instance, if you're gathering all this particular information and you want to derive information out of it, how do you ensure that information that you uh, want to develop or the application or your IP associated with your own business, how do you, how do you protect that from being exposed? And as attack, attacks and APTs become more intrinsic to, intrinsically diff, difficult to, to identify and to protect your environment, you have to under, understand what, what are you actually going to do in, in so far as manipulating that particular data and ensuring that it is protected to the best of its capabilities. And I suppose that's, as a result, confidential computing is, is borne out as a term based on, on what you guys have been, have been working on and, and, and trying to achieve. So what we're saying is there's companies out there, if we look at FSIs or looking at healthcare, they want to be able to uh, share information or they want to be able to derive information. But how do, how do you protect the personal information associated with that? I suppose that's, that's some of the challenges. I know, uh, Kristen, you mentioned uh, GDPR and, uh, and you also mentioned about localization. I mean, can you expand on, on, on some of the challenges that customers have in, in so far as PII associated with, say, with healthcare data or with uh, geolocation? I mean, why is that a big problem for certain customers? Sure. So, first of all, I think the underlying problem is trust. And GDPR was enforced by the EU uh, because there is a massive distrust in big t uh, tech companies. But digitalization must continue, and in a world with GDPR, Tech companies can only work uh, by building trust with trusted technologies. So Intel SGX, for example, as trusted execution, uh, execution environment is such a technology and we are using it to offer a solution to build this trust between the data producers as end consumers, for example, and the data consumers as companies who want to work with data by improving data confidentiality, enabling secure data processing, and the transparent utilization of trust. Um, secondly, my opinion is that we need GDPR-compliant data infrastructures. And this is what we at Madonna try 
to, uh, to move forward and to drive forward. We call this future data ecosystems. Or more concrete, in my opinion, we need to get sure that data producers, especially end consumers, have the control over their data through encryption enabled by technology. And I think this is one of the biggest challenges of this decade for our society, but especially for politics and the companies. Um, in, in this regard, what I see from our industry projects is a huge lack on the side of decision makers in confidential computing. And this makes it, especially for startups, very hard to, yeah, to implement kind of new confidential computing infrastructures and softwares because most of them don't understand and don't trust what we're doing. And that's kind of a problem um, at the current phase. And Raphael, do, do you find, you know, what Christian is saying in, in, in your domain and, or in France or uh, other countries that uh, that's a similar type challenge for, for companies? Especially when, around, we say, cryptography or, or, or the need to secure data uh, across various different domains or, and I'll probably go into AI in a minute, but um, I'd be interested to hear what you're saying as well. Yeah, so, so definitely to, to, um, to, to stress on what um, Christian was saying. Yes, trust is a, is a key requirement and, and, and this type of uh, uh, data security uh, foundation uh, is, but what we see is that trust is, is important but it's, uh, it also allows to do new use cases that you would not do uh, without this type of uh, data security infrastructure. So, for example, we work with a company with, on a project. There are two companies. They, they, are, they are already partners, so they already trust themselves. They are under uh, legal arrangements. They trust each other. They are not competitors, but they don't trust themselves to, to the level of sharing certain very sensitive data and plus mm -hmm. with the GDPR and other privacy uh, regulations, they are not allowed to, to share this data. So we, we come to them with, uh, with solutions that, that allow them to actually um, confidentially pull, confidentially share uh, these data, but never in clear text, uh, so that they are able to, um, uh, to compute algorithms, uh, do calculations uh, across the, uh, the, this virtual data pool without the data actually uh, being seen by any of the two parties. So we, right, we are, right. we, trust is important, yes, but uh, you, you need more than trust, actually. And, that, and we see also that um, the solutions that we have is a, is a trust and data security in a zero-trust zero environment. Yeah, I would agree. And, I, of course, trust is multifaceted, but I would agree. And, and the other aspect of trust is around um, a level of attestation and uh, attested to a given infrastructure. So, in other words, you know, how can I trust that that infrastructure, those servers are actually running those applications? How do I know that if that data is not being exposed to run on, on another infrastructure, that either it has moved out of the uh, location, which may infringe upon uh, governance and regulation, or it has been moved um, because of, of uh, some type of intrusion, and it's now being, being used and uh, can be manipulated somewhere else. I mean, so, so it needs to be bounded by, as we say, with either a hardware infrastructure or some type of lock-in that, that allows you to attest that um, the individuals or the other company that you went to work with to derive better value from the data is attested. And I suppose that is a fundamental part of, of confidential computing as well. If, if we look then at most AI projects, so if we look at every, is it every AI project or every type of cloud project is, is going to have to consider confidential computing as a fundamental component? The answer is over time. I don't think it is today, but certainly I think within you know, four or five years, 
the only way that, co that companies should accept moving data into a cloud or the cloud should be in a confidential computing environment where they have, um, you know, uh, where they have a hardware underpinning such as SGX to uh, make sure that that data is, is protected at, at all levels. The extension into cloud right now is one of the three major security initiatives that most uh, enterprises are undergoing, right? I mean, one is trying to regain control of all of their, you know, existing encrypted entities and, you know, HSMs and uh, data lakes and vSANs and everything else that they've gotten and, and, and databases that they need to be able to provide uh, encryption for. Since encryption is the only proven method of protecting the data, the extension into cloud is the second thing. And then uh, that leads to confidential computing. So this is sort of a build scenario that's going on in the industry right now. And so we're right now we're in the regain control phase. And that's one of the reasons why we developed the um, the, the self-defending KMS is to uh, help companies have a single pane of glass to manage all of their encrypted entities that exist today. Uh, and as those yeah. companies extend into cloud, uh, we have to make uh, this product available uh, in a way that we can provide that data protection across all clouds for standard workloads. And then uh, the third thing is, as we move into the confidential computing era, we need to be able to, as you say, attest to uh, the those workloads being able to be encrypted and available in those clouds uh, with the attestation of the of the hardware capability of, of in our case sgx underneath them thanks for listening to part one of our podcast series on confidential computing please make sure to tune in to part two which you'll find on your screen